Welcome to KWVA Eugene. This is ASUO Radio, your weekly insight to information on our student government's people, programs, events, and resources. Get a rundown on what is going on around the UF. And we are back with ASUO Radio 88.1 on KWVA. I am Savannah Sear. And I'm Katie Winkleman. And Katie is finally back in the studio. We missed her last episode. I miss being here. I always hate it when I miss a show, but I'm, I'm so happy to support the show and make sure that there's a, a guest on and the, the show's rolling. And so I'm, I'm glad to be back. Good. It's always a pleasure. Not only do we have Katie back in the studio, we have the president of the chess club here at the University of Oregon, Cody. It's so great to have you here in the studio today. It's really nice to be here. Thank you. Oh, thanks for coming in. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Cody, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you in this grand scheme of the UO? Well, I am a senior here at the UO, and I am going to be graduating with a degree in math. Woo! Thank you. Smarty pants. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> most of the reactions I get are, I hate math. That's the main reaction mm. I get when I tell people that. I mean, that may be my opinion, but I'm going to celebrate you graduating. <laughs> okay. okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm a senior here at the UO. I, I've, I run the chess club. Uh, I'm still helping out even though I'm on the way out right now. I, I don't have a whole lot of hobbies. I do a little bit of stand-up on the side. I also I used to do theater for a little bit. That's yeah. awesome. Do you do uh, stand-up at the Falling Skies Brewery? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know Connor uh, Kinowich? Yeah, Connor last name, yes. Connor K last name with the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is our news director of oh. KWVA. Nice. So tell me a little bit about the stand-up. What, do you, what jokes do you like to tell? It's a wide variety of things. It depends on, basically my writing process is if I f- think something that's funny, I'll write it down, and then that, that's pretty much all the work I put into it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I did a stand-up set once, and it was like, all self-deprecating about how I'm the clumsiest person in the world. Right. I don't know. That's just, that's my life. <laughs> right. What's your best joke? Uh, let's see. We got to have a story. Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, we can do a story if you want. Let's but. do a story. We have some time. Mm. All right. So let's, so it's, it's uh, we talked about theater, so I can, mm. let's do, a sh- uh, so back, this is uh, sophomore year of high school. I'm doing a show. Uh, I'm doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I am Mr. Salt, and so we've got... Oh, my goodness. So, it, spoilers for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, if anyone doesn't know anything about it, but basically I get killed off, like, halfway through the show. And um, so I'm off stage. I've still got, like, my mic on and everything, just because, you know, why take it off? I'm going to come back on stage later. And so we're hanging out in the green room slash our, our theater director's, like, actual classroom. And so somebody's just messing around writing random Spanish phrases on, on the whiteboard, as you do. The normal things you do in a mm. green room. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I'm, I'm just there watching and just reading. And so she writes, uh, my, my cast member writes, Tengo queso en mis, and I go, there's cheese in my pants? And at that moment, my mic turns on. Oh, no. So they're about to do he's, they're about to do like Mike TV's big song. And oh, instead of hearing him like actually sing, they just hear there's cheese in my pants. Oh, my <laughs> and, and let me. Uh, so this wasn't during a show, but this was the night before our opening night. <laughs> and and um, yeah, that was that was a little bit uh, distracting on their part. Uh, I might have almost killed the, uh, our director from that from laughter. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't let me live that down. Um, like I haven't, 
I, I graduated like four years ago. That was like six years ago when that story happened. They still tell that story to be like, always make sure you know where your mic is. But it wasn't my fault. Like I, I had the a right mic on. It was somebody traded earlier that didn't give them the right mic. So, uh, but if I'll, I'll, I'll take the martyrship. I don't know. I'll, I'll be a martyr here. I guess. That's amazing. And no, it is not your fault because it is basically the audio director that needs to switch the mics. Well, I, it was we had like sh we only had like six or seven mics, I think. So it was like the actors were switching mm -hmm. mics because we couldn't all be wearing mics at the same time. And so somebody had a dentist appointment earlier and mm -hmm. then somehow somebody traded the wrong mic to me. And so I had the guy on stage's mic, even though I, that's. That wasn't on me. I did exactly what I was supposed to. It was the person before me that screwed up. So long story short, if you are doing a theater production, do not have a dentist appointment during your preview show. Yes, mm. yes. That is it. So not only... Unless you want a good story, in which case, go for it. Yeah. Agree. I actually... You always have to check your mics, but you always have to check your props. I was in a show once where I had uh, Robin Hood and I had to eat a, pe a peach on stage every night. And one night I didn't check my prop beforehand. And so the curtains were about to open and my stage manager hands me this like molding apple because she's like, that's all we got unless <laughs> I can find a peach beforehand. And it was two seconds before the curtains opened and she found me a peach. So you just, you gotta check your mice, you gotta check your props. <laughs> I had the thing I had once, I, I checked my props beforehand and I had everything in the right place. But when I was doing theater, I would just not do, I would not have my glasses on. For those of you who are listening, I'm wearing glasses. You wouldn't be able to tell. I'm, you might be able to tell from my voice, but I, I'm wearing, I wear glasses usually. And so I'm off stage looking for my, so I'm like handcuffed in one scene. N not in any weird way, I like, you know, arrested kind of handcuffs. And I, just couldn't find them because it's it's dark and I can't and I just can't see. So I just have my hands behind my back the whole time, just making sure the audience can't see. And when I'm eventually like let go of that, like my handcuffs are undone. That's just like I'm, somehow the handcuffs disappear. But nobody, it worked. It worked. It's just you know, I guess being able to see is a pretty good uh, thing to have. <laughs> you're trying to do theater learn that the hard way i'm glad that we had this little conversation i'm a i'm a former thespian and i know savannah is as well former or current well i'm getting a minor in theater yeah oh, so nice. yeah so i totally current. understand what happens behind the scenes and in front of the scenes yeah. so we have mr stand-up cody over here but let's talk about a little how did you become the president of the chess club Okay, well, this this is going to probably be the weirdest becoming president of a club there is, but so the pre I'm just going to start it this off. The previous president got hit by a car. Oh no. Oh. They're they're fine mostly. Mostly. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're alive. They're alive. Good. Uh, he was in a coma for a little bit, but he's alive. So, he got hit by a car and the club kind of fizzled out after that just cuz there was nobody really behind him to take charge yeah what year is this uh this would have been my first year so this would have been like 2014 mm -hmm. so have you been president for three years now three years yeah okay so this takes place 2014 so about november december of 2014 uh that president contacts me saying essentially if you want to restart the club i'll give you like the presidency i'll let you just take control over everything so I do that. Um, I get 
funding from the ASUO to get new equipment and everything because we didn't we just didn't know where the uh, the old equipment was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. He was hit by a car, so I can't really blame him for for uh, forgetting where that was, and we couldn't find it. So we got all the funding, got some extra people on board, got you know rooms worked out and everything, and then we just kind of went from there. Why did you decide to become president? Well, I had been I had done a lot of chess stuff back in high school. I was actually like captain of the chess team at Willamette here in Eugene. And I just really enjoyed playing chess and it kind of bummed me out that there was no chess club here and you know, it it seemed like it seemed like a good opportunity to try and just do something, I guess. It's probably not the best best words to use, but yeah. No, I, sometimes that's just the way things happen. Yeah. And we will talk more about that when we come back. Stay tuned for more ASEO Radio. Hi, this is Morgan Freeman. Has anyone ever said you are the picture of health? You look healthy and you feel fine. But that may not be the full picture. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer of men and women over 50. Doesn't always cause symptoms, but it can be prevented. Get screened. Make sure you are the picture of health. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And welcome back to ASUO Radio, KWVA Eugene. I'm Katie in the studio with Savannah and Cody from the U.S. Chess Club. Cody, we were just talking about how you kind of stumbled into the presidency for the U.S. Chess Club. Can you talk a bit about how that's changed over the past three years that you've been in office or, or what your responsibilities are? Well, initially, my main job was basically just to, you know, have the weekly meetings, get everything set up, make sure, like, everything was in line there. But as it progressed, I put, like, more and more responsibility on myself. So we had more events and more, more, just more things, I guess. Functions? More functions, thank you. So we had uh, tournaments. We had events where we, like, taught people how to play chess. We even had, we brought in an international master at one point to come in, give a lecture on uh, one of the events, the one of the world events he went to, and then play 20 plus people at the same time, which was really cool. But most- Wait, I'm sorry, playing 20 plus people in chess at the same time? Yes. So we had one long table and he would just play one move at a time, go to the next person, play one move. And just keep going around and around. My brain does not work like that. Yeah. He, I think he won all but two. I think he beat, he lost to one person and then he, he drew the other person. So my question is, is when it comes to competitions, are you all competing against each other within the club? Or are you competing against other teams outside of the university? So for our events, um, we've, We've had just individual events, which basically makes it so everyone's competing against each other. So we we just who our our tournaments were open to anyone. So we'd bring in whoever wanted to play, and then they would all just play against each other until a victor was crowned. And is it like bracket based? It's kind of it's kind of bracket based. So chess tournaments work on a what's called a Swiss system. So you take the top half of people and the bottom half people. So the top 
person on the top half plays the top person in the bottom half. The second best in the top half plays the second best in the top half, etc. And then after that, after everyone wins or loses, the group who won, you split that in half. So the, the, the group who won, the top person in the top half of the first winners plays the, the bottom half's top person. It's, I, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then I might have just, to like write it down to actually right, visualize right, right, it. Right. But yeah. That's basically it's it's similar to a uh you know, bracket kind of system. Mm-hmm. Except it's not elimination, so it's not like you just go and have one game and then you're done. There are some tournaments like that, but most of the time it's just kind of this pseudo round robin kind of thing. Yeah. And how long would a standard um tournament like that last? So, uh, most of our tournaments lasted about eight hours or so. So like a full day event. Yeah, full day. And how many people usually participate? Um, we'd have anywhere from like 15 to 30, 35. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We, Yeah, yeah. What's the longest game you've participated in? I think I've had a game last about four hours or so. That's a long time. I, I've heard people who've had games that are have gone even longer than that it just depends on where you're playing and if you're at a high enough level like probably that four hour game isn't even you're not even breaking a sweat mm-hmm. i mean it's chess so you're probably not breaking a sweat anyway but so you know what i mean my question is how do you prepare for a tournament do you just keep playing the game over and over again do you watch youtube tutorial f- videos or well yeah one one major thing is to play a lot just you know just because you can't get better unless you're playing, but you can also focus on specific parts of the game. So you can focus on uh, memorizing like opening parts of the game because that's the part you can control the most. Is just because everything start everything starts out the same, and so you can have the same eight or nine moves at the beginning, and know various different branches of uh, what you want to play. And then there are a few different other things uh, like tactics. So just you know, sequences of moves that put you at an advantage. That's probably, uh, yeah. Um, strategies, all that. But for me personally, I'll, it's a lot of just playing the game a lot. Just because for me, that's uh, the best way to go about it. And also looking at my previous games, seeing what I would usually do in situations, and then figuring out how to fix things when, uh, when, when I play wrong. Yeah, kind of like watching... Yeah, your old play, your old game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game tape. Yeah, game tape. Thank you. And also practice make perfect, which makes sense in in everything. Um, but before you were talking about when you first became president, how ASUO really helped you like get new equipment and kind of start the the organization back up. How have they been helping you since then? Um. Well, we still get uh, a a yearly budget from the ASUO, so. During winter term, we go with a budget proposal for what we would like to do, what we think would work best for our club financially, and we end up we end up negotiating with the ASUO on you know what works for us, what works for them, come to a compromise, and then we that we that budget set for the year, and occasionally they'll help us out with events that kind of come out of the blue, like the international master event I was talking about. We didn't have that in our budget at the at the start of the year because that kind of came out of the blue. Uh, so we ended up talking to the ASUO 
um, getting a uh, Senate special request in, and they were more than happy to uh, help us out with that. I I don't think there were any like nays on that. I f they they all thought it was a really cool thing for the group to do, and so for that I I'm really appreciative for the ASUL on that on that in that respect. That's great. Thank you. What I want to know is when you're playing the game, do you feel like you're making the same moves every single time you play the game? Or do you feel like you are always doing different tactics to win, going off the at, beaten path? Okay, No, it's, oh, it's fine. Uh, at the beginning of the game, it can be very similar, just because if people know the game, like if they are willing to put in the time to memorize things, people can have like the first 10 or 15 moves basically the same every time. I'm not really in that camp. I kind of find the opening part of the game to be the most boring because it's the most predictable. So for me, I try and change it up. Like not enough to change it up where it's like I don't know what I'm doing. But I like to have some like unpredictability in there because that also throws off your opponents too. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the type of person that's playing, I think. Do you find that um, throughout playing with the same group of people at like your your club or your your weekly meetings that people start to figure out what your first moves are and what your patterns are and you, you have to switch it up specifically because the person you've pl you're playing with you've played so many times oh yeah absolutely um but sometimes i just i can be a little bit stubborn on that front so i'll just keep playing the same thing i'll keep playing the same thing until they beat me until they figure out a way to beat me i'm not gonna just because they're trying to figure it out doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to stop when it's not working. Yeah, tried and true. Why Why break what's not broken? Exactly, exactly. Very nice. And uh, that is a wrap of our second segment. We will see you soon on ASUO Radio. We are your pets, and this song's dedicated to those people who don't have health insurance yet. Enroll, we say, we want you to be okay. Enroll. Health insurance is now affordable and covers prescriptions, hospitalizations, and preventive care. Visit GetCoveredAmerica.org to learn more. And take care, people! Brought to you by Get Covered America and the Ad Council. And we are back on ASUO Radio with Savannah and Katie and also Cody, the president of the UO Chess Club. So my question for you is, what is your feeling towards checkers? I... You know, I've for some reason everyone seems to think that chess people just have an outright hatred of checkers. I wanted to know. No, I'm like I'm I'm not blaming you for asking the question. I'm just I I have no no ill will against it. No. I it's if people want to play it, it that's fine. It's it, not it, like a left twix right twix situation. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's more along the lines of we I I'm not going to diss people for enjoying a different kind of game i just do you do you how about you, chinese chess i have i haven't played enough I, I i honestly don't know enough about chinese chess to always talk about it but i have noted that a lot of people who would like come by at our weekly meetings will say oh i only know how to play like chinese chess which is strange which is strange i mean it's not strange because there, are i mean there's a decent population of you know like exchange students here but there, there yeah i just didn't know there was enough people that for that to be like a pattern mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. so i think another thing i would ask um how did you acquire your passion for chess so this was uh freshman year of high school 
Uh, I literally only know t- knew two people at this high school, and I had an, a geometry teacher who had like all this chess stuff in his room. And so during the geometry lectures, I would kind of just, you know, look at all this stuff he had in there. And I was just intrigued. And I had nothing better to do during, like, lunch anyway. So he would have these just during lunch. He would just bring all these chess boards out and everyone could play if they wanted to. So I kind of just hung out in there and played and got better. And he asked me if I wanted to be a part of the team. And I went along with it. And it just kind of kept going from there. Yeah, one thing led to another, and now here you are talking about chess on the radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is where you're going to be senior year? Did, wait, did, did I think this is where I was going to be? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, didn't th- I wasn't thinking that far ahead usually. That's fine. Who is, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but graduation's coming up. That's a big change for you. Is it a big change for um, the club as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've Right now, we've been trying to just scale things back a little bit. We don't want, I don't want to overwhelm uh, the new people because I put a lot of myself when I was running the club and, you know, doing all these other events. So right now, I just wanted to start out the club kind. I just want to keep, like, the core of the club, like the weekly meetings, keep going. I'd rather do that than put too much on the new leadership and then it kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. I want to have the core of the group, and then if they want to, you know, expand back to where we were, um, that would be that's that's what if that would be great. But I don't want to do that right away if they're not comfortable with that. What are you most proud of of being president? I, I would say the tournaments, just because those were just a lot of planning and, nego- and just figuring out what to do, and spe- and I had not a whole lot of. I mean, I had some help going in, but I was kind of flying blind, and it still still mostly worked out, especially the first one. The first one, we got like 20, 25 people involved, and I had no idea what I was doing, but people seemed to really enjoy the tournament. And I, I'm really proud of the fact that people seemed to really enjoy the tournaments that I was doing. So as long as people are having fun, uh, that's, that's something to be proud of. Of course it is. That's No, it's an amazing thing. And you didn't know exactly what you were doing, but who does? But oh, yeah. you were organizing an event with 25 people, and they, they all enjoyed it. And it is a stressful thing. You're coming in new, and you didn't know what to do. And, and you have some concerns about the new people who are coming into leadership. And it's, it's always a stressful situation. But how does the transition start for your chess club? Like, do, Is there a democratic process? Do people get voted in, or is it whoever expresses an interest? Um, it's, uh, it's democratic unless there's only one person running, in which case, like, there's no use really voting for one person. Um, so what happened was right now we had one person express interest and that was, uh, the vice president and he's been helping me out and he's been great. So he's going to be the new president. And so right now he's mostly in charge for that. And we're, we're looking for more people to, you know, bolster the club and help with various things. And if we have more people on board, the easier it will be to have, you know, these larger events that we've had in the past. For people who are students who are listening and they want to get involved, how, how is the best way to do that? Um, well, if you're able to come to our weekly meetings, which are on Tuesday, Tuesdays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the EMU Fishbowl, and if you don't know where that is, it's in the EMU, like in that lounge area near the Starbucks and the Chipotle. 
and going there and talking and asking. Or you can also contact us um, at uoregon. Wait, no, uochess at uoregon.edu. Uh, our email, and you can also just look at our website as well. We can, you've got a contact us page there. Uh, you can just look up Emerald City Chess Club. You should be able to find that. Should be the first uh, result there. Do you guys have good retention for people who come to play some chess and continue on with the club? We've got pretty good retention. Yeah, we've got a good core group of people who show up nearly every week. And then we've got people who, you know, show up every once in a while. And then, you know, every club has, like, people who just show up once and don't come back, which is fine if it's yeah. not for you. Like, I don't want you to spend spend all your time on a Tuesday doing something you don't want to do. Yeah. How would you describe the morale of the club? Um, I would say it's uh, pretty good so far. Like we, with the, we've got a good core group of people that I really like, and I think a lot of people would really like. We're, we're we're I mean we're a little on edge with me leaving, but we want the the group there is really good, and as long as they're still there, I I think we've got a good future and uh, keeping this chess thing going. I don't see chess dying off too soon. Yeah. Me neither. Cody, it was great to have you on the show. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. And we will try to get the next president on next term. That would be lovely to see how the the, the organization has changed after you've left and how it's stayed the same. And Good luck with graduation. Good luck. And thank yeah. you. Thank you. Good luck with the real world out there. <laughs> Hopefully I won't need it. Hopefully. With that math major, you're going to get far. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And that is all for ASUO Radio this week. I hope you are all having a great spring term, great week six, and I, I hope you all do amazing, and I'll see you next time on ASUO Radio. Eugene!